Hey guys, this is EJ Holland with the Wolverine.com, and we're back with another Wednesday live recruiting show. I am doing the QA tonight, which means I am answering all your recruiting questions. Before we dive into this week's show, I do want to remind you guys that our sponsor, Vitamin Energy, is a naturally caffeinated energy shot that nourishes your body with vitamins, supports healthy weight loss, and boosts energy for seven plus hours with no jitters or sugar crash. I use vitamin energy all the time when I'm on the road traveling. It keeps me uh, awake, especially when I get no sleep going around the country seeing top prospects for the Wolverine. It's a naturally caffeinated shot. It's gluten-free. It has zero sugars and artificial flavors, zero carbs. There's something for everyone. There's no jitters, no crash. It supports gut health. It's energy with benefits. Check them out at vitaminenergy.com and use the promo code WolverineBogo. You buy one, you get one free with promo code wolverine bogo at vitaminenergy.com uh one last thing before we get started on answering your questions tonight and this is the q a show i see more people filing in so uh make sure to leave your comment with your questions and we'll get to them in the order they are asked but uh do want to invite you guys to subscribe to the wolverine.com right now it's just 29.99 until August 31st of this year, that gets you premium recruiting information, team information, basketball, hockey, so much more over at the Wolverine.com. Plus, you get to be part of a great message board community with more than 8,000 unique members uh, over on the Fort message board. So go ahead and subscribe today to the Wolverine.com and get more insider recruiting information than just what you get on the show. All right, guys, I appreciate you all for joining me. Yes, we are still um, we are still without a producer, so I am a one-man show, so bear with me. I know we had some audio issues yesterday. Hopefully those have been fixed and you guys can hear me loud and clear. If you can hear me loud and clear, please leave a comment and let me know because I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to producing. Um but yeah, hopefully we don't run into, into any technical hiccups. Um, we had our producer abruptly leave, and we're hoping to have a new producer in place by um, sometime soon. I don't want to give a you know direct timeline or anything, but the shows will get back to having the huddle films and the player profiles and hopefully less technical issues once we get that rolling. But we're here to answer your questions tonight so let's go ahead and get started with our first question and this one comes from jackson hells and he says any update on brandon davis swain so brandon davis swain four-star in-state defensive lineman out of west bloomfield which is obviously pipeline school for michigan has produced guys like the great donovan edwards makari page uh samaj morgan amir herring and former High school head coach Ron Bellamy is now the wide receivers coach at Michigan, won a state title during his time at West Bloomfield. So obviously a lot of ties to uh, the Lakers and that program. So where do things stand with Brandon Davis Wayne? It's a really interesting recruitment. It's been kind of hot and cold for about a year now. If you remember, Davis Wayne wasn't 
exactly considered a scheme fit. You know, he's a little bit of a tweener. He's on the shorter side. Uh, not sure how much weight he can add to really be in that Chris Jenkins type role. Uh, not necessarily as tall or long as you would want in one of the edge spot roles. So uh, I'm not really sure what he is. Now, that's not to say he's not a really good football player. He is. He's very productive at the high school level. Uh, he's consistently a top performer when I've seen him at camps as well. But I just don't know where he fits in best in Michigan's scheme. If I had to pick a spot for Brandon Davis Swain, it would be as a five tech in a really standard four, three defense um, in Michigan's defensive scheme. I think he would have to play in that Jenkins role. And then it would come down to what Ben Herbert can do with him uh, from a body shaping standpoint. Uh, I think Chris Jenkins had more room to add weight. I'm still a little surprised that Jenkins is up at over 300 with, with Davis Wayne. He's kind of built, differently than Jenkins was. So I'm just not sure how much weight he can carry, but um, it'll be interesting to see how he develops at the next level if he were to pick Michigan. But in terms of overall recruitment, Michigan's in his top five. However, there are some other guys higher on him or higher than him on the board. I think, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's been hot and cold. He decommitted from Notre Dame. And then it seemed like Michigan was going to be the pick after he made multiple visits in the fall. But yeah, like I said, it's kind of up and down. There are a lot of moving parts with that recruitment. Obviously it's a sensitive one as well with him being a West Bloomfield kid. So I think we'll just have to see how the rest of the cycle plays out in terms of movement on the board. He's definitely a guy they like, but I'm not sure that they were, would go all in on him this second so we're just gonna have to see how it plays out if michigan does push for him uh, i could definitely see him in the class any update on the cornerback board from marquise s so you know the top targets are still aaron scott and bryce west those have always been you know the top dogs on the cornerback board for sure um, you know, Aaron Scott and Bryce West are both top 100 talents out of Ohio. It's always going to be tough to pull those guys. When you look at Bryce West, he's a Glenville kid. That means you have Ted Ginn Sr. there, Ted Ginn Jr., uh, who everybody knows uh, was a star at Ohio State. And I still think there's a lot of Ohio State influence at Glenville. So I think it's going to be really tough to pull Bryce West away from the Buckeyes especially since he's been considered an Ohio State lean since as far back as I can remember. I think the first time I saw Bryce West live was at the Under Armour camp in Columbus last year, and there was a, a lot, a lot of Ohio State buzz there. He is coming off another visit to Ohio State uh, this past weekend, and Aaron Scott was there as well. And I think the Buckeyes are doing really, really well with Aaron Scott. I think Michigan has done a fantastic job, as good of a job as you could do. So, you know, it's not a bad look if Michigan's not able to close with either of these guys. They're making progress in Ohio. That's very evident this cycle. They've landed uh, some top-level guys like Jordan Marshall. They've landed some, you know, upside guys like uh, Ben Roebuck and Ted Hammond. They've landed a, a really quality interior offensive lineman in Luke Hamilton. So, Steve Klingscale, the area recruiter in Ohio, has Michigan moving in the positive direction. Can he land West and Scott? I think Michigan's second in both recruitments. It, it is really going to be tough. So what happens if you miss on Aaron Scott and Bryce West? 
well, then it becomes a, a bit of a battle, a bit of an evaluation battle. I, I'm curious to see which of those, you know, not secondary as in the defensive backfield, but secondary on the recruiting board, which of those secondary and tertiary targets suddenly become priorities if Michigan feels like they're really losing the battle with Ohio State for both West and Scott. Now, one prospect that they, they did bring in that's very interesting is Austin Alexander out of Chicago. He uh, visited for one of the big weekends in March. He is an on 300 prospect, but I believe he's ranked as a three-star on most of the sites. But he's one that I think if Michigan pushes, we could see him getting uh, on board. And then you have some other guys that Clink has been tracking for a while. Like they brought in uh, Nigel Maynard from uh, Tennessee. And, you know, if you guys have been following Steve Klinkscale, you know he likes kind of undervalued guys in the state of Tennessee. So Nigel Maynard's an option. Jeremiah Lowe out of Frederick Douglass in Kentucky is another three-star that Klink has uh, – evaluate that clink evaluated early and has been keeping tabs on frederick douglas is the school where clink scale's son went to uh, so he's very familiar with the players there and jeremiah Lowe has been on multiple visits including last month um kyan mcdonald is another three-star cornerback coming in later this month our zach libby was the first to report that he's out in the pacific northwest uh, and he has uh, some interest in Michigan. And obviously, I think the visit will tell us a lot more. So there are some guys that are kind of on that back end in that second and third tier that uh, Michigan could push for if they miss out on a on a Bryce West or an Aaron Scott or both. Uh, but the uh, dream scenario is obviously to get both or at least one. So we'll see how the corner board shakes out. And I'd imagine that there'd be some names added when the coaches can get back on the road and the uh, evaluation period or the live period, if you know, if that's what you want to call it, it's April 15th. And that's when coaches can go out and, and see different recruits on the road. You have to remember also, you know, Jacob Odin has a, a chance to play some corner as well and move around in the secondary. So it's not like they um, are completely out of luck if they don't land uh, Bryce West or Aaron Scott. I think, you know, you have Odin there that gives you flexibility. I think if you push Frost and Alexander, you can get him on board. And, you know, Clink is a, a really good evaluator of talent. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Let's go ahead and go down to Jackson Hells. And before we exit answer Jackson's question. Uh, I want to remind you guys that you can still do a super chat tonight. If you want to click that donate button, that money goes directly to my travel budget so I can hit the road and see recruits across the country. Uh, I should be back in business here probably next week at some point. Um, took a couple of weeks off the road because the evaluation period is going to be very travel heavy for me planning to see quite a few big targets. So if you want to help out with my travels, make sure to hit the donate button and you will skip ahead in the line and get your question answered first. All right, let's uh, go to Jackson Hells. And he says, how big of an impact will the new NIL news have on recruiting? Um, the hail news I think is big. That's the one that I've been waiting for and I've been meaning to write about it over at the Wolverine and uh, I just haven't, carved out time to do it this week but that's the announcement i've been waiting for uh I, i'm not exactly sure what the big soon news is but this is the uh one that i've been 
hoping would be announced soon. And uh, it has, because I think this one does have a chance to make a, a real impact on the recruiting trail. It's also the one that Jim Harbaugh personally supports and will offer a base salary if enough funds are being raised. And the base salary is important from a recruiting aspect because it gives you a hard number. You know, if everybody on the team is making whatever it is, let's just throw out a number, $40,000 a year, that's a hard number that you can sell to recruits on top of the potential earnings value. And you can point to guys like JJ McCarthy and Blake Corum, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the base salary model is definitely uh, the future of Michigan NIL from a recruiting perspective. And I'm get, glad it's getting in place. And whenever there is that hard number, I think it'll be a, an even easier sell. Let's go to Daniel G. And he says, anyone you think is trending away from Michigan? So I actually did a trending up, trending down story over at thewolverine.com. If you miss it earlier, you can subscribe uh, for just $29.99 until August 31st. So I won't include everybody that I included in the trending up, trending down story. I guess I'll give you a couple of names that I feel like are trending away. Uh, one is Heaven Brown Schuler, uh, top 200 defensive lineman out of Georgia. If you remember, he visited in January, but it seems like he is uh, leaning towards Clemson. I wouldn't be surprised if he picks the the Tigers. And it'll be interesting to see what Michigan does at nose. Obviously, you still have the big target in Justin Scott on the board. But after that, it's uh, a lot of names to kind of know that they need to get on campus. Um so we'll, we'll see how that nose board shakes out. But Heaven Brown Schuler, I don't think will be on it moving forward. Another one is uh, Chris Jones uh, on 300 linebacker here out of uh, Virginia, visited in the fall, seemed to have a lot of interest, was planning a spring visit. But with George Hilo um, going to a going to another place and Chris Partridge coming in, I uh, I don't think that Michigan is really going to press forward with Chris Jones. I think Partridge has plans in place at the linebacker spot. So uh, those are two that I would say were high on Michigan at one point and now don't really seem to be on the board at all. Let's go ahead and go to Indigo Ronan. After Andrew Sprague, who do you feel are the next three commits? Um, that's a good question. I would say if I had to pick three guys, uh, well, this isn't definite because it is off the top of my head. So don't hold me to it, but I would say guys that I would feel confident in would be Channing Goodwin. Obviously he's a legacy recruit plays with Jaden Davis at Providence day, uh, three-star wide receiver. I think Michigan can get him on board. I mean, it's, it's been one of those, you know, it's not, if it's when type of situation. So I'd be surprised if they don't get Channing Goodwin on board. Um, another one of those types of situations is Brian Robinson on 300 edge out of Ohio. It seems like a matter of time. We'll see if Michigan seals the deal with him. And then uh, the guy in our thumbnail, let's go with Blake Frazier on 300 offensive lineman, uh, legacy recruit, the son of Steve Frazier, who snapped for the legendary Tom Brady. I think that Michigan is really, really trending in the right direction for Blake Frazier. I put in a prediction way back in the fall, feel very confident about where the Wolverines stand with Frazier. He's been very pro Michigan on social media, obviously just released his final five. 
And uh, I think Michigan is the team to beat. He really loved his multi-day visit to Michigan last month. So I think Frazier, who doesn't really have a true timeline, could potentially jump on board and be a leader, especially with offensive line spots. Going fast, uh, hop in and get on board while you can. Let's go ahead and go down to Indigo Ronan, who has another question. And he says, what what does our edge board look like and who is most likely? Well, there are a lot of names on the edge board. I would say probably the most likely is Brian Robinson for the uh, bigger edge spot. But in terms of what the board looks like, I mean, there are a lot of names. So off the top of my head, I mean, you obviously have the elite guys. Uh, One is Dylan Stewart, who visited last month, Michigan, in the mix to get an official visit in the summer. So Dylan Stewart would be at the very top of the board. You also have another elite prospect in Williams and Nwari. Um, out of Missouri, who uh, has talked about visiting but never has. I know the staff has worked on getting him on campus, and it's never really panned out. So we'll see if there's any movement with Williams and Wari and Elijah Rushing out of Arizona. This is a kid that Mike Elston offered, I think, more than a year ago, was in contact with him when he was still at Notre Dame. Um, was looking to visit Michigan. That hasn't happened yet. So another one like uh, Williams and Wari, where we see, you know, what happens. But those would be the three, like, elite, elite, five-star level type of guys that are on the board. After that, I mean, guys that are, are really high up there, Benedict Ume out of Connecticut. He is set to make his first uh, unofficial visit to Michigan next week, I believe, sometime here in the near future. So, He's definitely one to watch. I think the visit could put Michigan in a really good spot there. Darian Mayo, uh, top 100 on on three out of uh, only good counsel. Michigan has obviously had success there in the past uh, with Chris Jenkins and and is turning in the right direction for uh, top linebacker target Aaron Childs as well. So uh, definitely uh, think Darian Mayo is a big time target on the board. They would love to to land him. And then after that, it's just kind of a, a long list of names, Kellen Lindstrom, uh, DD Holmes. Like there, there's a lot of guys after that, but those, those would be the, the bigger names to know, I guess. Let's go ahead and get to the uh, super chat. And we have one that is from Jonathan Rogers and uh, he donated $5, but uh, your question did not appear, Jonathan. Um, so if you want to ask a question, um, well, it looks like you had a question um, before that. So maybe this is the question you meant to ask. All right. Well, I appreciate your $5, Jonathan Rogers. And he has EJ, are you feeling any better about Benjamin Hall with the reports from him uh, from string practice? Well, obviously, uh, you know, Ben Hall had a big spring game, and that's definitely positive to hear. We're talking about a guy that was a third string on his high school team, but Mike Hart believed in his early evaluation, even when other schools cooled on him, when he was benched on his own high school team. You have to remember Ben Hall was a team captain going into his senior year and was benched. And again, Hart just stuck with him and believed in him. And so you saw flashes of what he could become at the spring game. Now I'm still a little neutral on it. You know, it is the spring game. It is practices. You know, um, there were a lot of big practice reports where they were like, EJ, you missed your evaluation on Greg Crippen. He's going to be a star because of these practice reports. And that, you know, still hasn't happened. So I think we just have to wait and see, but it's definitely positive to see 
Benjamin Hall um, making making up some ground there and uh, putting up putting together a really good performance. You know, he is a great kid. I mean, he was a team captain for a reason. He was also super respectable. He did a great interview for the recruiting edition of our magazine. So I have no ill will towards Ben Hall. He was just really tough to evaluate because he was, you know, third string on, on his high school team. He was a guy that was built like a tank, but kind of avoided contact. Now I said, if Mike Hart can get him to run over people, um, then yeah, I think there could be something with Ben Hall, but uh, it's definitely positive to see him putting together that performance as much flack as I got on social media. I'm still very uh, happy that, that uh, Ben Hall, put together that performance. Anytime I write negative evaluations for the most part, I'm not going to write, I'm going to not going to say every single time, but for the most part, I really hope uh, kids, um, you know, outperform the evaluation I give them, especially kids like Ben Hall, who was always great. And I, I think, you know, that Ben Hall received a lot of criticism, not only from pundits like myself. I mean, it's not like I was the only one that didn't have Ben Hall ranked very high. He was ranked in the one thousands by the end of the cycle. And I know he got a lot of flack from the fan base and stuff as well. Um, so it's always good to see kids that handle that criticism. Well, that still give interviews that still keep a really positive attitude and just go to work, um, exceed those rankings. Like if you're going to cry and pow about people's opinions of you, then you probably don't belong at a Div division one program, but Ben Hall never did that. So I, for one, despite everybody attacking me about Ben Hall. I'm very happy for Ben Hall. Very great kid. Um, but I'm, I'm still saying pump the brakes. Let's just see how it goes um, with the rest of his career. But I, I am very happy with what, um, what came out of the, uh, the spring reports, especially with him just being an early enrollee. Uh, we have another super chat, and it is David Stewart. With the commitment of Davis, I'm still pretty confident about Bryce Underwood. What do you think? Um, I'm not going to say I'm, cop I'm confident about Bryce Underwood in Michigan, but I am, um, I am optimistic, especially with Bryce visiting on multiple occasions this offseason. He was supposed to be back for the spring game, but um, – but he did not make it due to some family event, but he still visited multiple times in this, in the spring, got a chance to see a practice caught up with new quarterbacks, coach Kirk Campbell, who he praised much more than he did Matt Weiss. He still has a personal connection with Jim Harbaugh. So I think uh, Michigan's a real player for Bryce Underwood. And I don't think the Jaden Davis commitment uh, commitment really means anything for Bryce. I said this on the show, but, Bryce is so, so, so confident, man. He is super, super confident and not really in a cocky style. This is a kid that's not really huge on social media. He's just, uh, you know, he knows he's the guy. He won a state championship as a 14 year old. He's not afraid of competition. I think that Bryce Underwood would embrace having a quarterback battle with Jaden Davis. So I don't think it's going to have any negative impact on Bryce Underwood. I think he's going to make the best decision for himself. I actually talked to Bryce Underwood's quarterback trainer, Donovan Dooley, and he gave me a great quote about it. He said, every time Bryce goes out and he visits a school, whether it's Michigan or another school, and the coaches tell him, hey, we have this guy coming in or we have this young guy on the roster or whatever, Bryce looks him in the eye and says, you know, I'll beat him out. And that's the the type of attitude that Bryce has always had. So I, I don't think it's really going to matter, um, you know, 
with Michigan having Jaden Davis. I think Bryce Underwood's going to make his decision regardless of whoever is committed to any school. Let's go ahead and go back to where we were. Uh, Sorry about that, guys. Um, Yes, sir. Indigo Ronan with the uh, great opinion of grape jelly over uh, strawberry jelly. Let's go ahead and go down to two chilled. And he says, do we have a realistic chance at any top three under corner? So like I said, Michigan's still in the mix for Aaron Scott and Bryce West. Those are still the guys. I mean, they are in second behind Ohio state for both, uh, but they are not completely out of it yet. Steve Klinkscale is going to fight for those guys till the very end. Outside of that, I mean, on 300 guys, I said Austin Alexander, out of Chicago's one to keep an eye on, but most of the other corners are more uh, sleeper type guys. Jackson Hell says, "Was Jaden Davis the silent commit that people were talking about?" Um, well, I know, I mean, yeah, Jaden Davis was a silent commit before he committed. I mean, so was like Ben Roebuck. So I guess it depends on the the situation. Uh, Seth Floyd says, "What is the timeline for Brian Robinson?" Brian hasn't given a true timeline. He's never been like, "I want to make my decision." at this point. So I think it's just kind of wait and see with Brian Robinson. Let's go ahead and go down to KS. And he says with Jaden Marshall now in the fold, who's more realistic Tatum or Underwood. So I just talked about Underwood, not really caring about Davis. I don't think Taylor Tatum cares about Jordan Marshall. I love Taylor Tatum and I love Bryce Underwood, man. Uh, Such great attitudes, both great kids as well. And uh, I mean, amazing players. And Taylor Tatum responded to me instantaneously when Jordan Marshall committed and said it wouldn't, you know, make an impact on his decision. So I think both are equally as realistic, not confident with both of them, but optimistic with both of them. Let's go ahead and go down to uh butter xo um shout out to butters um from south park and he says where does michigan stand with david sanders the number one offensive lineman from providence day they had to get him on campus for a visit michigan was his first offer obviously you have the providence state connections jonathan goodwin uh channing goodwin's dad and former michigan offensive lineman was or is his current offensive line coach at providence day so that's a great connection obviously you have Jaden davis committed but they still have to get him on campus i think we'll know more after that but it looks like he likes some of these southern schools a lot especially georgia so we'll see uh marquise s says what where does michigan stand with uh nick marsh former michigan state wide receiver commit on 300 prospect not a lot of movement there so i would say there there just isn't anything to report right uh, KS says, are our chances with Aaron Scott Jr. realistic? I mean, yes. I mean, he's been to campus multiple times, so I would have to say yes. I would also have to say yes because it's clear Michigan is in second place. But, again, it's it's just going to be tough to beat, um, to beat Ohio State out in that recruitment. Coach Jake WCB says, who is the guy you want to land the most? Mine is Brian Robinson from Ohio, just like everything about that dude, future captain. Uh, mine is Aaron Childs. Uh, I think that he is the future captain. Uh, he is a captain at good council. Uh, the guys really rally around him. And to be a captain at that level of program, good council being 
uh, not only a DMV powerhouse, but you could argue a national powerhouse that has so many Division One prospects on that team. For Aaron Childs to be a team captain, I think that speaks volumes of his character and his ability on the field and how his peers view him. Uh, he is a hellacious linebacker as well. Think Junior Colson. I think Aaron Childs is a top 100 prospect. So I think he just checks all the boxes for me. I've uh, been a big Aaron Childs fan since I wrote Michigan Should Offer Him more than a year ago. I am very, very excited about the potential of Aaron Childs joining Michigan. Let's go ahead and go down to um, Go Blue 81 and he asked about quite a few prospects, and he says, how are we doing with Dylan Williams, Bennett Warren, Jeremiah McClellan, and Amir Leonard Jean Charles? And uh, I guess I'll give just a brief thought on each one. Dylan Williams, an on 300 linebacker from California, as Michigan in his top group, Michigan will receive an official visit in the summer. Jay Harbaugh has done a great job there. Uh, so I think Michigan's probably in that top four range. Bennett Warren, Michigan leading coming out of the visit on 300 offensive lineman out of Texas. Uh, what I like about Warren is that he's not a true Texas kid. He's actually a guy that's lived in New York, Baltimore, and North Carolina. He still has a North Carolina cell phone number, so he's not tied to one of the Southern schools. Like he goes to Fort Bend Christian. Fort Bend is a very heavy Texas A&M area. I don't think it'll have much influence on Bennett Warren. So I, I think Michigan has a great shot there. Uh, they are in the top group along with Oklahoma, Texas, and Oregon. Jeremiah McClellan, Michigan just made his top 12 on 300 wide receiver out of St. Louis. I think Michigan's kind of in that, the, probably the top half of that group, probably the top six, but towards the back of the top six, I think right now Ohio State is the uh, leader. Notre Dame is high up there as well. So still some work to do with McClellan. But he did visit twice last year. He told me he's trying to get back to campus. I had a story up on Jeremiah today at the Wolverine. And uh, Amir Leonard Jean Charles is a 2025 defensive lineman out of Nashville. So still a long time to go. But he visited for the spring game and told me that um, – that Michigan is in his early top three. Seth Floyd says Jalen Todd in-state cornerback, another three-star type uh, would be another option on the corner board as well. Yeah. Jalen Todd completely slipped my mind. I think I, I have Jalen Todd graded as a high three-star. Uh, I know my coworker, Zach Libby is very, very high on Jalen Todd. I've seen Jalen Todd in game once Libby has seen him like six or seven times and he swears by Jalen Todd. So I guess we'll have to ask Libby about Jalen Todd on next Tuesday's show. Let's go ahead and go down to KS. And he says, any recruits that we don't have momentum with that you could see changing depending on how the upcoming season goes. I'd be curious to see like if JJ has a big season and you have Jaden Davis already committed, what wide receivers would show interest. Now you have the the big three, which would be Jordan Ship, Channing Goodwin, and Amarion Stewart, that I think are all realistic lands and probably leaves you room for another one. Can you get an elite level guy? Uh, I'd be curious to see if you know anybody shows interest um, along those lines. I think there's less momentum for Justin Scott right now than there's ever been, but Michigan is still in there. I uh, reported that Michigan is trying to get him in for an OV the weekend of June 13th. That is close to being nailed down. So maybe they can get some momentum rolling with Justin Scott again. Remember he visited uh, last fall for the win over Michigan state. 
So that's one that they could get back in on. And maybe they, they do make movement for an Aaron Scott or Bryce West. I mean, those are two guys that, again, have Michigan second. So maybe a, a strong season, another win over Ohio State. Maybe that moves the needle for one of them or both of them. Let's go ahead with uh, Go Blue 81 He says, any chances with Brandon Baker? He's visiting this Friday. So Brandon Baker, the number one offensive tackle in the country out of National Powerhouse Modern Day in California. He is visiting this weekend, but I do think Michigan's chances are fairly slim. But you never know. I mean, offensive linemen go into visits and just come out blown away. Uh, they see the Joe Moore Award. They sit down with Jerome Moore. They – Uh, watch the film and look at Michigan's offensive line from last year. So maybe Michigan will really raise its chances with Brandon Baker. As of right now, they are on the outside looking in. We are going to go with rapid fire guys. If you want your questions answered um, with a more extended answer, now is your chance to hit the donate button and get a super chat in before we end the show. Uh, We had a super chat come in right away. Uh, Jim Prindable says, EJ, the 2024 class looks really good for offensive line. Do you see Michigan getting a true center in this class? So thank you, Jim. We appreciate your $6. Again, when you hit that super chat button, it donates directly to us and that money goes to our travel budget so we can see recruits around the country. And I plan on having a very busy late April and May uh, seeing top targets around the country. So excited about that. And thank you, Jim. Um, Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see which center Michigan takes. I think they are going to take a true center despite, you know, the numbers growing along the offensive line. But they've really, really wanted a true center for the majority of this cycle. Uh, The names to know here, Daniel Cruz is probably the highest rated out of Texas. He has yet to visit, but he's a guy that's been high on the board for a while he is friends with uh, Blake Frazier, so if Frazier hops on board, I think that maybe he can convince Cruz to visit with him. Um, but that's obviously a lot of speculation right now. Michigan on the outside looking in for Cruz. The more realistic center targets, there's three of them. One is Walt Claire Flynn out of Georgia. He was a youth football teammate of Michigan quarterback commit Jaden Davis. He visited this winter. And uh, I do think that Michigan's still in a really good spot there. I think Michigan will get an OV. Kyle Altooner out of good counsel. Obviously, again, you have the Chris Jenkins connection. Altooner was just on campus last month. The visit was terrific. I think Altooner is the most undervalued of the center prospects. I really like Altooner. He plays tackle for good counsel, and he's an absolute bully. He's rated really low, like in the 700s. But please go watch Kyle Altooner's film, and I promise you will get excited. Jake Warnera out of Florida is the other center target. He's been to Michigan twice, including this winter. He is a another uh, Zach Libby favorite, so he's another option. Uh, he's planning to release his top school soon, and we do expect Michigan to be on it. All right, guys, if you want to jump the line and get your question in, we are going into rapid-fire mode since we've passed time, so please get your Super Chats in if you have them. Let me just go back to... Um, where we left off. All right, we're going uh, rapid fire here. Seth Floyd, why hasn't Michigan pursued 
Nick Marsh. I just think there are a lot of moving parts there. So, you know, we'll see if anything shakes later in the cycle. Don't want to get too much into it. Um, you had a question before that, my bad. Uh, if you were to guess today, how do you think the offensive line class will come out to be in terms of numbers? Who will be in it? Um, I think that you'll probably get to six at this point. Obviously, you have Luke Hamilton, uh, Ben Roebuck. I think Andrew Sprague will jump on board. I think Michigan will land Blake Frazier. That's four. I think they take one of the centers I just talked about. You know, that's five. And, you know, if you can get a Bennett Warren or a Michael Uini or someone like that, you'll get to six. Um, Max Anderson, I totally forgot about on 300 interior offensive linemen. I mean, it's possible to get to seven for sure. Uh, let's go ahead and go down to KS. Do you think we got Jordan Ship? If I had to put in a prediction today, I would say yes. But, uh, you know, Michigan still has some work to do to close the deal there. Let's go ahead and go down to Mike Gee, and he says, EJ, your thoughts on Bryce Underwood, bigger picture. Can we open up that pathway from Belleville High to Ann Arbor? I think the path can be open with Jeremiah Beasley uh, on 300 linebacker, just visited for the spring game, Michigan trending in the right direction. But in terms of Bryce, I mean, I love Bryce. I think him and David Sanders are the two best prospects in the country in 2025. And I mean, if you land a Bryce Underwood, the uh, floodgates open for sure. Um, and I think that obviously rebuilds the uh, relationship at Belleville, which Steve Klinsko and Ron Bellamy have already been doing a great job of doing. Um, let's go down to, um, I think a lot of these are comments, Eric, um, Eric Lett, any news on Taylor Tatum? So Taylor is in the middle of his baseball season. He's not doing a lot of recruiting stuff. He did just visit Georgia, but as of right now, Michigan is still in the mix, still looking at a summer OV, um, too chill. Do you think Zeke Barry would be good at corner? I remember he was more of an athlete in high school that could play anywhere in the secondary, Maybe. I mean, I really like him in a, in a nickel type of role. I think with Zeke, he just brings so much to the table, so much versatility. The biggest issue I had with Zeke was just staying healthy, man. If that guy can stay healthy, the sky's the limit for him. Um, P. Maximus is A.J. Henning hurt. I, I didn't hear his name, and I saw Samaj Morgan on a reverse play call during the spring game and practicing returning punts. Um, so I don't cover the team, so I don't know the extent of his injury, but I do know – he had a brief uh, timeout at some point this spring, I guess here later towards the spring game, and he was out with with an injury. He actually spent some time with some of the recruits. Um, let's go with Marquise S. Any big names doing or any big names going to take their recruitments into the fall? Taylor Tatum said he was going to take his recruitment into the fall. So he's probably the biggest name. Uh, I know Justin Scott was planning a summer decision that could maybe turn into fall, but uh, uh, not really too positive. I would say that the biggest guy that comes to mind is Taylor Tatum taking it deep. Uh, Seth Floyd says, did Sam Webb have a beef with you guys? Uh, yes, he did. Um, he uh, really went crazy, man. He's, he's a broken man right now. Let's go to Alex Tucker, and he says, who will be the surprise commit of this cycle for Michigan? If hmm, uh, Obviously, this isn't a guarantee, but I would go with Zaquan Patterson, um, top 100 safety out of Miami, same school as 2025 commit. Chris Ewald was just on campus last month. Jay Harbaugh doing a really nice job there. Steve Klinkscale doing a great job there as well. Um, I would – 
pick him probably as a as a potential surprise commit. And then our last question comes in from Eric. Eric Cladney says, do you think Michigan finishes with a top five class? They are top five right now. Um, I think they finish top 10 for sure and will definitely have a chance at, at a top five class depending on you know, what some of these other teams do. Michigan's kind of getting high up there in commit numbers compared to some of their peers that are also highly ranked. But I do think they'll have a shot to finish top five. Either way, I do think it'll be a top 10 class. All right, guys, I appreciate you all for joining me tonight. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. As always, subscribe to thewolverine.com. Just twenty nine ninety nine until August 31st.